Welcome everybody to the Green Machine podcast. I'm delighted that today we've been joined by a very special guest, Claire Shine. Claire plays for Glasgow City and also the Republic of Ireland women's team. Welcome, Claire. Thank you very much for having me. I'm honoured to be a part of your podcast. I'm really looking forward to it and getting um, to know the podcast and uh, to have a nice chat about women's football. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, on the back of that and straight away, what did you find with the women's Euros? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I watched as many games as I as I could, to be honest. I thought it was an unbelievable um, experience, I think, for, for the fans uh, as well as the players. You know, the way that England ran the competition and all the games being in big stadiums and, you know, majority of England's games were all sellout as well. Um, I think it was it was excellent. And and for people who have never followed women's football before, it was excellent, you know, um, and a real eye opener to to what the women's game is all about and where it's where it's heading in the future. Um, did you think like do you watch a lot of the girls as well? I think it was a very good tournament that a lot of women players got behind it. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of the Irish players, some of your teammates actually went to games, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And it was unbelievable. You know, RT were streaming all the games as well. And I saw Katie and Rusha were doing the uh, commentary for RT in, in, in Wembley at, at the final. And, you know, that's just it's brilliant um, to have players like that getting involved in, in tournaments like this. Um, it's a massive platform for the women's game to kind of put themselves out there um, and to to show the world what we're really about and what we're capable of doing. And I think, you know, women's sport, uh, especially in Ireland at the moment, is definitely is looking up. Um, and, you know, the only way is is up from here, I think, especially for, for the women's game across all countries. And your background then, and your interest in football coming through, what was it like for you, a young girl growing up? Who inspired you to kind of take up football? Um, I grew up in an estate with loads of boys, actually, and they had a massive interest in football. And luckily for me, I was living behind Dave Barry, Cork City legend, um, scored the, the goal against Bayern Munich uh, a number of years back. So I hung around with his kids um, and a few of the, my friends uh, in my area. And it kind of went from there. I think they saw that I had an eye for goal um, and I was talented while, or when I was younger and Dave Barry then brought me up to Douglas Hall and my journey went from there. Did you find that, was there any women who inspired you then or was that not the case or, you know, like, did you find yourself restricted in PE at school? Did you get to play soccer or football? Um, yeah, well, I was kind of more involved in the GA aspect, um, especially in school. It was more GA than soccer, to be honest. Um, so I was gravitating to all sports, whatever I could kind of get my hands on. Um, I was definitely involved in it. Um, but then, yeah, you know, the likes of uh, Olivia O'Toole and, and Emma Byrne and even Nia Fahey, you know. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to one of the games up in Dublin um, and Katie Taylor was playing. And yeah. it was unbelievable. I, I'm not really sure what age I was at that time, but um after going to that game you know it was something that I had always dreamed of that I wanted to be one of them I wanted to you know um wear the jersey and wear it with pride and I'm lucky enough that I have had a few caps with the with the senior team and hopefully that can um progress uh, as well over the next coming years when you played like and you were kind of discovered basically did you find it the step up then when you were, you were training like how you kind of went 
kind of to elite elite level did you find the training harder then you know and were they focusing more tactically what age were you about then when they started doing that with you um I think I was mm, 13 when I started playing under 15 for Ireland and then I was 15 when I went up to under 17s and it was around the time when we qualified for the World Cup and, and the European finals that you know football really did become serious um in terms of um the tactical aspect the fitness aspect um and uh, I think yeah it was a massive kind of um I was yeah yeah. yeah of course because I was always kind of going um an age group up uh from from what yeah. I was used to um and it kind of came naturally to me at times I was always someone who struggled with the fitness aspect of the game um I struggled um with the, the my mental health as well so like my mindset towards different things and um but having the older girls and stuff around me and them showing me the ropes really was something that I could kind of grab onto and it helped me along the way definitely so coming through the underage system then with Ireland you'd, you'd obviously come up through with teammates different ages and stuff and kind of older girls as well so how did they do that integrate you into the squad because you know I sometimes kind of think you know you're going away on a camp and stuff and you know it's a big kind of change between like three or four or five years of people's interests and stuff music wise and fashion and everything like that mm -hmm. so how did they kind of manage to link all that together and even the management what was their kind of role in that um well I was lucky enough that I had really good friends on the teams as well like Amanda Budden Denise O'Sullivan Katie McCabe um and the girl yeah well Denise and Amanda from Cork anyway especially um so you know I just kind of stuck to them and they uh kind of made my experience um a lot more enjoyable and then uh, uh, throughout the, the underage my underage career I became best friends with Katie McCabe um and we were always in and out of the squads together we came to Glasgow on trial together um we've done a lot of things um together uh, at underage level and um yeah it was just amazing you know like football does as well as it being um on the pitch stuff but you make friends for life off the pitch too and it's like whenever you meet up with the squad it's like you're meeting your family again and everyone comes in from different areas and the environment is is always nice and positive and that's kind of something you know that makes the experience um a lot more enjoyable we see that a little bit with like the, the men's team. I've seen their kind of interaction with each other and welcoming people and into the group and stuff. And I think we've seen that as well with the women's team as well. And I think you kind of see more of a, more of a bond, the, the women more than the men, I think, because maybe it's the money side of it as well. And, uh, you know, that they're all coming in from big, high profile clubs and stuff. But uh, with, with Katie then, have you, did you always think Katie would, Katie, Katie McCabe would go on and, and, do what she's done now and you know be so good at Arsenal and really step up as a leader of that Irish women's team 100 percent uh Katie's unbelievable on and off the pitch you know she puts so much effort into everything that she does um and I think you know you could see that from such a young age she's extremely talented and she works hard so you know when you when you combine the both um you can do exactly what Katie McCabe has done um I think she's an unbelievable leader um and she's a, a more importantly she's a brilliant person um and she's someone that that's really approachable um and I think that's really important as well as as Katie's leading out you know the Ireland team that that she has that leader those leadership skill, skills and and that kind of friendly uh approachable person as well and you know she's done unbelievable and 
Um, I'm just really proud of how far she has come with her career. Um, there was never a, a doubt in my mind that she would ever not be where she is today. Um, so yeah, you know, she's been huge for the women's game, especially in Ireland and, and over in the UK playing for Arsenal. I am an Arsenal fan myself. So, All right. um, yeah, so it's just unbelievable to be able to follow her and follow her career and see all the amazing things that she does because she deserves everything that she's getting. She's really followed on, I think, from the likes of Emma Byrne and Nifa. Like Emma was obviously instrumental in the, you know, dealing with the kind of, you know, the uproar at that time with how the women's game was treated in Ireland and, you know, the, the whole tracksuit debacle where you're changing mm-hmm. in airport toilets and stuff. And the game's evolved so much more from that. Do you think she took inspiration from them and just has thought, thought I'm going to follow on from the likes of Emma Byrne and and, and Nifa on in that way? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, she's been around um, inspiring people, I think, her whole life. And, you know, when she got that role of being captain, um, she took it in her stride and it became natural to her. Of course, there was other elements like the media and interviews and things like that. And, you know, nothing kind of phased her, I don't think. And, yeah, it just, you know, her career just went up and up and up from then. And, and she took the role on. Um excellently and you know she's doing an unbelievable job and um even you know in, in terms of the equal pay and she stepped up and, and did what needed to be done for the team and for the country and you know hats off to her because she's been she's been incredible so just just on the obviously we've got the game coming up in Tala against Finland um a massive game obviously for the women's team the playoff position will be secured if we if we qualify obviously um and there was a lot of talk it sold out really really quickly a lot of talk was saying, oh, well, maybe they should have gone to, you know, the FAI have got a lot of money. Maybe it was a way of bringing them to the Aviva Stadium. Katie's been quite vocal, I think, about that. And the women have in general. The girls want to prefer to sell out Tala. Is, have you got any thoughts on that? Um, no, I think Tala is, you know, where the games have always been played. Um, and I think, you know, being able to sell out Tala is unbelievable, especially yeah. for the women's game in, in Ireland. Um, it's definitely growing and it just shows you know, at the sellout that where women's football in Ireland is going. And I think it's going to be an unbelievable um, camp for the girls. Um, and it's going to be a massive day for them and for their families and, and for the fans as well. You know, hopefully, you know, they can go in more and get the win and, and secure the, the playoffs um, because that team have put in uh, an incredible amount of effort. Um, there's a massive bond within the squad as well. And, and to just be able to see them, you know, get what they deserve at the end of the day. I think that's something that they're going to be looking towards. And I think uh, the Finland game is definitely something that they're going to be really looking forward to. And your own ambition then to get back into the Ireland squad? Are you confident of doing so? Um, Yeah, I just need to, you know, look after myself first, have a bit of stability in my life and, and get some good running games uh, into the legs. Uh, preseason has gone really well for me. It's probably the best preseason I've had in years. Um, So, you know, uh, I've had to change a few things around in terms of my routine and in terms of how I have to handle and manage things and it's working out so far so you know hopefully um, I know once I kind of put my mind to something that I, I'm i definitely going to be able to achieve it uh, especially taking the right steps towards that so yeah just keeping my head down and, and keep doing what I have to do and hopefully yeah that call will come again. Do you think as well that obviously with the rise of interest in the women's game and stuff and your own story um, you know, there's it's more kind of publicity around it now where actually the players are, you know, on the, 
all England girls, for example, we know their names now. We know what they do, what they what clubs they play for. Everything's really scrutinised, and that as well is obviously linking into the Irish women's setup as well. That's going to bring its own pressure, though. Do you think there should be more help to people like now, especially? I'm thinking that like obviously the English girls, but I can kind of see how closely bonded the Irish team girls are with them as well. It's a similar way. We're only going to get better. That's going to bring more pressure. Do you think there needs to be more help? Uh, I think overall, yeah, there does need to be more support, especially for the girls. You know, it's been such a massive change uh, in terms of the media and things like that and the demands and the expectations that us as athletes put on ourselves. But as you know, the fans and, and other things and, and things like that put on us as well. And that just comes with the game of football. You know, football is a game of opinions at the end of the day. And and if you're not, you know, in the right mindset to be able to take the criticism as well as, as the positive outbursts that you can get with scoring a goal or winning a game or making that unbelievable tackle, um, you know, it can affect everybody's mental health at times, uh, especially when things aren't going so well, when you're injured and you're left out of squads, you're left out of uh, the starting 11. Um you know that these things have an effect on on people's mental health and to have someone that you can turn to or someone who's there to support you through all these difficult moments you know will help you will help you kind of understand and be able to control and manage the the negative aspect of the game as well um and i think you know that's something that i have been looking into over the last two years especially and how i can kind of behave better and, and handle things and, and control what I can control. Um, I think it's really important to keep that positive uh, mindset going as best as you can, because ultimately it will benefit you on the pitch as well. And uh, it will give you that enjoyment of football uh, back and, and it will help to improve your game on and off the pitch. Because I know the men's team, they have like David Ford, former goalkeeper, Stephen Reid, I think is even now. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he's left Nottingham Forest recently as a coach because he said he was finding it tough, kind of struggling basically with like mental health and stuff. But I think in the senior men's team, they do have David Ford there to kind of do stuff on psychology with the lads. Mm -hmm. Is that also there in the women's team or not yet? Um, no, there is. There's definitely um, things in place for <clears> people. Um, you know, I was I had struggled for a long period of time and I was able to go to, you know, the doctor and, and for them to advise me on different things. Um, and I think it is, it's really hard when you're in the moment because you don't want to jeopardize your position. You don't want that, you have that fear of judgment from others and, and you feel like, you know, you have to put your career on pause for a while. And that's how I felt uh, for a number of years. I felt like I needed to step away from football to figure out what was going on in my mind and how I was yeah. going to be able to cope with that. But it, you need to be able to combine them as well you need to be able to be in that environment and be around the settings and you know not every day is going to be a good day and being around people who want the best for you um I think is just really important because if you're having a bad day and you still go into training and you know you have the buzz around the dressing room and you have your friends it can really lift you up um and they can really help you and guide you in the right direction and you know having football as a as a safe space for me where I can go to where I felt like I didn't have anybody um is like something that is barriers that I've had to break down for myself um going in to a dressing room feeling like the loneliest person ever um when everybody all my teammates and all the staff members loved me for who I was and, and mm. for what I could bring to the team and I couldn't feel that uh because 
I was hiding a massive part of me that I wanted to be able to express, but I just felt like I didn't have it in me to, to be open, to be honest, just because I didn't want to, to worry people or I didn't want to, you know, for it to come in between my relationship with football and my relationship with all my teammates. Yeah, I mean, you just really analysed that really well, like spoken, explained so much. Did you Obviously, on the back of your book, then, did you find that kind of kind of therapeutic in a way that you were able to tell your story in your book? Yeah, of course. You know, I've been journaling for 10 years now. Um, yeah. And I think I came out um, in at the start of 2022 um, with a letter to my younger self. And, you know, from that... I spoke with Gareth Marr, um, who does unbelievable work for the women's team in Ireland. And uh, we worked really closely together. And I said, you know, Gareth, I have so much more that I could give. I have so much more that I could say that I could. And I know that I, my story can help other people. Uh, and, you know, that was kind of the main reasoning behind it, because I just wanted to inspire people, especially, you know, and in women's football uh, and in life in general, just to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is, you know, athletes who struggle uh, with certain things. You know, my story is a lot different to a lot of other people's mental health stories. I have, uh, I struggle with addiction problems, with drinking drugs, and you never, I never had associated myself with being an alcoholic, especially being in this professional environment my whole life. Uh, it was never something that I thought that I would fall down or that the path that I would fall down. Um, but it just shows, you know, how powerful your mental health can be when it slips down the wrong path. And on top of the addiction and things like that, um, it's just, you know, I know a lot of athletes struggle with a lot, a number of things and, and people in general. And I just wanted this book to be a safe place for people to, um, to kind of read through it and, and know that, you know, things do get better. Um, and that first step is speaking out and being open and being honest and, you know, a problem shared is a problem half to the end of the day. And you don't have to have that weight on your shoulders all the time and having to go into training, knowing that you have this, you know, um, these thoughts and, and these issues that you're having. It's just, it makes things a lot more easier and it makes you understand, you know, what's going on in your mind so much easier to kind of understand. And yeah, I just think, you know, the book is, is, it was something that I wish I had when I was younger. Um, and that's what I want for for younger athletes or younger people in general um, to just have maybe that one person that might inspire them to to be a better, better person or a better player or do the right things and, you know, change their lifestyle around a little bit if, if they want to follow their dreams. Because at the end of the day, uh, if you're someone who is struggling with addiction, it will destroy all the good things in your life and it will take away all your ambitions and all your goals and all your targets and, and things that you've dreamed of as a kid um so you know for me I think it's amazing for me to be able to I have the book actually right next to yeah. me uh it's amazing for me to you know read through it I actually read it two weeks ago uh straight through um since it came out um, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things as well, especially for me coming back into preseason and, and dealing with different things and trying to get back into the swing of things um, in terms of my medication and my sleep and training twice a day and being around the girls all the time. It's like a pretty full on for someone who, who uh, only take, has a small social battery. Um, yeah. 
but yes yeah, I've learned a lot of it from it as well over the last two weeks and, and I've certainly been able to take parts of it into my pre-season and into my life uh, going forward and yeah I just want to inspire as many people as I can going forward and just want them to know you know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you just need to keep going and, and don't give up on yourself so just just while you've got it there in front of you just flash it up in front of us let's have a look <laughs> at it this is scoring goals in the dark um that's that's you obviously with Gareth Maher from the FAI um yeah we've I've obviously read the book. I think the story will resonate with a lot of people, not even from an interest in sport in a way, because, you know, we've seen, the, you know, some of the stuff that's happened with you and obviously seen the publicity around the book as well. How have you found even that challenge, though, you know, having to kind of deal with the media intrusion in a way or interest in it? It's trying to get the balance right for you of want to promote the book, but, you know, your story's out there for everyone to see. How have you found that? Have you kind of enjoyed it in a weird way and also meeting Fans it's it's been an unbelievable experience you know I've been hiding this part of me for so long so anytime there was an interview or anytime anyone wanted to speak to me I would always run away from it I was always I would always hide a, a certain element of my life that I didn't want people to know whereas now the book is out I have nothing to hide anymore and like that's something that I'm really proud of because I don't have to dodge questions I don't have to run away from any of my issues or my problems because you know I've just laid it out on the table and I've taken it in my stride to be honest um I was lucky enough I went away on holidays the week before the book actually came out so it was a nice uh place for me to go and, and to kind of let my hair down and just um take a breath just before all the madness was to happen when the book came out so when I landed in Cork the book had actually been on the bookshelf so it was an incredible experience. It still is an incredible experience. I'm still learning so much about um, myself and, you know, the the book aspect of things. And there's been a lot of opportunities come my way. Um, but I do still need to take things slow. You know, I still am in recovery. I still can't take thing, too many things on at the same time. Otherwise, you know, my anxiety um, or can trigger my anxiety or, or certain aspects like my sleep and, and things like that. So... Um, I do have a lot of self-awareness around that. Um, I do want to obviously um, go down the line of, of public speaking and, and, and speaking to as many young people as I can to, you know, educate them on, on certain topics that they mightn't get um, elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, you know, speaking out and, and being open, especially on, you know, the, this is only my second podcast I've actually ever done. Um but with other interviews as well, it's it's just nice to be able to speak with such freedom and, and such openness. Um, it's a place where I thought I would never actually have gotten to. Um, so to be able to look back and, and see how far I've come in terms of being able to speak out about my struggles and, and helping as many people as I can is something it's probably one of my biggest achievements so far in, in life. So your future ambitions are like you're 27. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And your peak years now, football wise, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. yes, it is. hopefully hopefully back in the island squad soon scoring lots of goals as well mm-hmm. um but what's your future aspirations then is it you you mentioned public speaking there would you be interested in coaching have you got any interest in that or kind of psychology of the game um it would be more the psychology of the game I'd love to you know work with people on a one-to-one basis in terms of like the football and life aspect of things and and to get a more of an understanding I think I have a really good understanding of myself um and that's because of all the struggles that I've had. I've had to have, I've had to grow through everything that I have gone through as well. Um, 
and public speaking and, and maybe going down the line of like a life coach and, and something like that. Um, I do have a role here with Glasgow City. I'm a project coordinator for the club and the mental health ambassador. So I do go into schools um, and promote the club and, and the women's game as best as I can. So it's definitely a stepping stone. Um, you know, I want to play footballers for as long as I possibly can too and to achieve things that, you know, I've always dreamed of as a kid um, you know with the right mindset I think you can achieve anything that you put your mind to and just you know keep as positive as I can and, and hopefully things go my way uh, over the next coming months. Oh, brilliant and when where do you think the women's game is going to go now like obviously we've had the Euros you know a local team have done really well won the competition mm-hmm. that's going to obviously kick on to Scottish football the Welsh women's team are playing as well um, and obviously the Republic of Ireland. How how far do you think we can go? It's like you know, I know everyone's talking about um, like basically PE and that girls can now do it, and they should be encouraged to do it. There should be no mm-hmm. boundaries. How far can we go with this? Do you think? And what's needed I, to kind of get it get it yeah, going that way? It's kind of hard to see or to say where I think it's going to go. I think you know, in it's skyrocketed in such a short space of time. I know there has been a lot of work going on behind the scenes in terms of um, retired players who have come back into the game and are trying to promote and are pushing for things that players deserve um and I think that's only going to get better um if we can maybe promote things in schools and and get it in, involved in, in P um and having you know um girls playing football from an early age or even any sport at that matter matter just getting involved in in team activities you know as much as it's good for your physical activity it's good for your mental health and everything that comes along with that it teaches you different things like your diet your sleep your water intake um and you meet unbelievable people as well along the way and I I think you you can't kind of take away that aspect of it as well but I think you know with the game the way it's going it's it's really exciting for the young players coming through now um and seeing where where that can go and you know for as long as I'm going to be involved in sport, I will do everything in my power to promote that um, and promote the game as much as I can to make a better future for those younger players coming forward. Do you follow a lot of the kind of underage Irish women coming through as well? Like, and I'm kind of a player I kind of keep my eye on is Ellen Malloy. She's down at Wexford yeah. Youths. Mm-hmm. Excellent player. Um, yeah. Do you think like players are getting technically better? stronger they're kind of now athletes from younger in a sense you think I think like she's going to go quite high profile I think soon Ella mm-hmm. um yeah. do you think that's going to be a that's going to be a hard challenge for her as well of doing things right like when she could possibly move to like a women's Premier League team or whatever yeah I think you know it comes with um a lot of things I think Ellen's an unbelievable player she has shown that in the, in the women's game in Ireland and in the league in Ireland and you know uh, making her market international setup as well um you know she has unbelievable uh, people around her you know she has those those players that that inspire her to to maybe go and and do the likes of what Katie McCabe is doing and Nia Fahey and you know Chloe Masaki also is just jumped over the water as well so you know she has a lot of people to kind of to go off and and to be able to get advice from as well which is unbelievable I think that's great um and you know it's getting better in terms of your the physical aspect of it the fitness there's a lot more um knowledge going into the the your diet and and what you're putting into your body and, and your sleep and 
um, strength and conditioning and things like that. And that's only going to improve anybody as a player and it'll give them that that extra boost to go over and, and to compete over, you know, in, in um, the English league and, and to be able to challenge themselves to the best of their ability. And obviously England won the Euros with a Dutch coach. We've got a Dutch coach as well. How, how have you found working with Vera Powell? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, it, it shows with the results that, that we've got over the last uh, number of months. Um, the team has just come together really nicely. Um, and yeah, you know, it we were disappointed last season or last the last campaign with just missing out. Um, so you know, I think we have the squad and we have the staff to to go one better this year. And you know, it's just something that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I think the girls deserve it. Uh, with all the efforts that they've put into. So, you know, hopefully uh, we can go one better uh, this season or this campaign. And, you know, I have nothing but admiration for anybody who plays at international level because, the, you know, the standard that they're playing at and the intensity that they have to go at all the time and trying to manage, you know, the... Um, the club football and the international football, it's its very, very intense. So for anybody who has been able to, you know, manage that, it, it hats off to you because, you know, it, it's an its an incredible achievement to to have the mentality to, to continue doing that and to continue, you know, working at such a, a high level all the time. I've seen Ireland now just their highest ever ranking in the world rankings, 26 today. Mm-hmm. Can we go mm-hmm. higher? I saw that. Absolutely, we can. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, Brilliant. getting to the playoffs now and then. And driving, driving on, I think, yeah, we could definitely go on better. And I know the girls have the World Cup in, in their eyes uh, next year. And that would just be unbelievable for the team, um, for the country. Um, and, you know, it, it just shows, you know, when the work gets put in and then when people start to back the women's teams that, you know, they can they can go in and, and they can give a performance and um, they can, you know, hopefully qualify for these major tournaments. Excellent. I mean, so just to finish... Again, thank you for your time. It's been absolutely brilliant. I really appreciate that. Um, tell us again, where can you get the book? You can get it in Easton's. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get it in, I think, all bookshops anyway in Ireland uh, are selling it. And then WH Smith online. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's been just crazy. Show, just, just just pop up the book again. <laughs> so we just, just to finish with that. So it's Scoring Goals in the Dark with Claire Shine with Gareth Maha. We're going to have a signed copy of that available for one of our listeners to win uh, in due course. So I just, again, thank you, Claire, for your time and best of luck for the season. And hopefully Thanks we'll see you back. I really appreciate it. It was nice, nice talking to you. Thanks a million. I appreciate All it. All right. Hopefully we'll see you back in the green shirt soon. Thank you. All right.